So, little little glimpse into you know the the heart of Mark. I, I love I love pep talks. I love inspirational talks. I love inspirational speeches. I love I love movie pep talks. I love you know these moments, these gladiator moments. Um, you know where just you have this brief moment of inspiration and courage that's meant to you know inspire men or or, or challenge or make proclamation. You know, if you search, yeah, you, you can find greatest sports pep talks, movie inspirational speeches, you know, political speeches. And, and I don't know, they do. They stir me. Because I, I love being stirred to fight. I love being stirred to stand, to endure, to trust, even to rest, to win. So I found one, uh, just it's pretty brief. There's a, a pep talk from legendary Michigan coach, Bo Beckler. You know, it's not like I'm a Michigan fan or anything, but I mean, I respect the program, love the helmets. Um, but uh, there's a speech that he gave that, that I've known for years. I, I want to I play part of that speech as he's talking to his football team right now. We're going to win it as a team. They can throw out all those great backs and great quarterbacks and great defensive players throughout the country and in this conference. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. And if we think that way, all of us, everything that you do, you take into consideration what effect does it have on my team. Because you can go into professional football, you can go anywhere you want to play after you leave here. You will never play for a team again. You'll play for a contract, you'll play for this, you'll play for that. You'll play for everything except the team. And think what a great thing it is to be a part of something that is the team. We're gonna win it. We're gonna win the championship again. Because we're going to play as a team better than anybody else in this conference. We're going to play together as a team. We're going to believe in each other. We're not going to criticize each other. We're not going to talk about each other. We're going to encourage each other. And when we play as a team, when the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. I love it. I love it. No man is greater than the team. No coach is greater than the team. The team, the team, the team. I love when he says, we're going to believe in one another. We're going to encourage one another. We're not going to criticize one another. We're going to play as a team and we're going to win. As the body of Christ, those type of messages should be coming you know, from us to one another. Hey, we're going to endure. We're going to fight together. Sometimes we'll fight with each other, but we're going to help each other up. We're going to stand beside each other and we're going to win. Leadership at any level, in any organization, in any realm, leadership is about inspiring people and empowering people to action. Without action, there is no winning. Without action, there is no success. Action is required. 
My goal this morning is not just to inspire individuals to action because we don't sit here just as individuals. Yes, we are individuals. But we're something bigger than that. Because when we follow Jesus Christ, we're called the church. This building is not the church. This event, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, is not church. We are the church. We are the church. When we trust in Jesus Christ and we follow him, we're the church. So sure, it's the church building. Sure, we're going to church, but we are the church, friends. And we're called to be the church. I'm here to inspire us, but not in a way that you might expect. I'm not here to inspire you to do more actions. I'm not here to inspire you to to take on more action. What I'm here to inspire us is that let our action be intentional. Let our action be full of thought and prayer and purpose. I don't believe God's asking us to do more things, but the things we're doing to do thinking beyond ourselves. And what is the impact it makes that strengthens the kingdom of God and makes famous the name of Jesus Christ? You are the church. The church is the people of God filled with the Holy Spirit set apart for the purposes of God in the world that he created and loves. As a pastor, I am committed every day to equipping. That is, that is Ephesians 4 tells me that that is, is what God has asked me to do, to equip, to equip, to equip people to do the work of the ministry. And we've got to stop thinking of the work of the ministry as something that takes place on Sunday, as something that takes place in this building, as something that takes place by the elect few. The work of the ministry is what takes place when we're sitting at work. And that coworker that we have, we see that they're having a hard day. Or we see that they had a hard weekend. And we allow Jesus in this intentional moment to, be, to, to use us to bring hope or to bring life or to bring strength or to speak a word or to give a hug or to grab a hand. But to say, I, I see that you're, you're hurting and I'm going to be praying for you. We shouldn't be looking past the ordinary. We're ordinary people. I thought about singing the Sly and the Family Stone song, Everyday People. I still might. I still might. It's there. It's locked and loaded. The Holy Spirit's telling me, don't do it. But it's, I'm so close. Everyday people. God uses everyday people. God uses ordinary people. God uses the ordinary things in life. The things God has called us to that all of us can do is point people to Jesus, to love people, to see people, to be present with people. And all of it reflects God. I absolutely love Luke chapter 15. Love it. Love it. Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a story. He calls it a parable, but it's a story. 
And this story has three parts. And it's, it's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And it's very interesting because he tells this story to two audiences. He tells this story to an audience that's made up of sinners. And what I mean by sinners, people who are still under the heaviness of sin that don't realize yet that Jesus paid the price for their sin. And so they're still under that curse of shame and, and death. And they don't yet know that Jesus paid the price for that. So he, he's part of his, his audience is them. And then part of his audience is this religious elite whose hearts are not in the right place. You know, part of the story that he tells, the story of the lost sheep, we, we sing a song called Reckless Love today. And, and believe it or not, the, the, the song is actually a bit controversial because people, they get really upset saying that God's love is not reckless. But I'm telling you, one of the definitions of reckless is without caution for the welfare of one's own, one's, one's person. Without, without caution for personal welfare. And I'm telling you, when the Word of God tells us that Jesus willingly laid down his life, he did so without caution of his own welfare. So we're not calling God reckless. We're saying that his love is radical. His love is re reckless in the fact that it didn't have concern for self. That's included in this story. But there's three verses before we get to the story that we often overlook. And we're not going to get to the stories today. We're not going to read the, the parables. I want us to read the three verses that precede the story that Jesus tells. And I want us to pay attention. Can we do that? Let's really stay locked into these three verses. Let's pull those up. Luke 15, 1 through 3. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Just in case we missed it, what I'm trying to highlight here is found in verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus. The sinners were all drawing near to Jesus to hear him. I'm convinced of this church. Every one of us who bear the name of Jesus Christ, who have trusted our lives in Jesus and we call ourselves Christians and we bear his name for every single one of us. We should see that sinners, that sinners want to be near us. that sinners want to hear us talk about Jesus because when we do so, we talk about life and life abundant. We talk about that, that he is a, a God that, that doesn't make the bad good, but he's a God that makes the dead alive. And that when we talk about Jesus, we don't do so on a soapbox here to be seen or to make a some sort of poignant stand, but we come relationally saying, I can talk about him all day long because I know what he's done in my life and how he's changed my life. And I love him because I'm in relationship with God. So I'm not talking religion, friends. I'm talking Jesus. And so those who don't know Jesus should 
be drawn to us. Because when we talk about Jesus, it should be with life. The Bible says the power of life and death is contained within the tongue. And when we talk about Jesus, we should be speaking life. If, if, if sinners aren't comfortable being around us, and especially when we start talking about Jesus, then I, I encourage us to hit our knees and ask the Lord what needs to change in our lives. Because if that's the case, we're not reflecting Christ, friends. Because they wanted to be around Him. They wanted to hear Him. The religious didn't. The religious hated what He had to say. But the sinners... It wasn't the religious people that were drawn to hearing Him. You guys, people need to hear the words of salvation and power and truth that come in Jesus Christ. So this is where I transition. Friends, we don't just go to church. We are the church. You know, I, I heard... I. I do a fair amount of reading or listening to podcasts or reading articles, things that, that will just sharpen, things that will be thought-provoking. I love, I love being challenged. I love having a thought provoked in my heart that I can chew on and meditate on. And I heard something recently that said that it is very rare that someone will walk in from outside the church doors, walk into a church, and in that moment that that's their moment of conversion where they give their life to Christ. The majority of people that are coming to life, that are coming to Christ in 2018 are people that have other people in their life who are showing them Jesus and that have laid the foundation and, and that have, have scattered seed and watered and watered and watered and watered. And that's how people are coming to know Jesus. And that, that happens when we become the church, when we, when we act like the church, not become the church, we are the church. I guess that's my point. I'm not asking us to do something that we're, that we're not already. We are the church. What I'm asking is us to be aware that we're the church and to act like it. Church. That's us. 24-7. That's us. 365 days a year. That's us. And church, if we want to thrive as individuals, if we want to thrive as a church, then we have got to be intentional about not making church this, this two-hour gap that we have on Sunday morning here at 710 Austin Avenue in Erie. If, that, if that's what we think is us being the church, we're missing it. And us being the church is not just about those who don't know Jesus. Being the church is about letting the world see that we love one another. And that we like one another. And that we like to hang out together. And that we like to do stuff together. And we like to tell people about Jesus together. And, and we break bread together. And we, we laugh together. We go to the movies. I mean, so I'm not talking about that every bit of our effort is just focused on, on evangelism, if you will. But I'm telling you, when we are intentional about it, realizing we are the church, then we're opportunistic. And when that person at work that I referenced earlier comes by, and if we're just saying, Lord, how can I be the church today? Lord, how do you want me to be the church today? Lord, how do you want me to show your love? Then we jump on it. 
And it's not always telling them about Jesus. Sometimes it's just letting them know that you're there and that you love them. That you're praying for them. That's, there's power in saying, I'm praying for you. And if the opportunity presents itself and if, if you, you feel like you can, which I encourage you can, you can, pray for them right then and there. Sitting in the back over there is Candace and Raina, and they both work at Home Depots, and they used to work at our Home Depot, you know, over here, but now Candace is, is up in Greeley. And I prayed with Candace, I can't even tell you how many times, right there in the middle of Home Depot. We had church. We were the church right there in Home Depot with Raina. I can't tell you how many times. She, I'm like, hey, how's your day, friends? And she's like, oh, Ralph. I'm like, oh, let's pray. So I give her a big old hug, and we pray, and there's people in line, and you know what? They're still in line when we're done because they got, they got wood and hammers and whatnot. I don't know. But they ain't going nowhere. And we do it right there in Home Depot. There's power in just saying, Lord, what my friend's going through, I, I wish I could carry, but I can't. But you can. Lord, would you just lift her up? Lord, would you just lift him up? Let him know that you love him. In Jesus' name, amen. We got to grow to that point of doing church every day. And just so you guys know, it's not heavy. I'm not, I'm not asking something additional of you other than for us to just have our hearts open to the Lord. I love movies. I love football. So there's a reoccurring theme today. You know, the first one was a football quote. The next, I have another quote that's a movie about football quote. Working on this message, I, I just went and listened to all these inspirational speeches. I got inspired, and it was cool. And so there's there's a movie called Any Given Sunday, and Al Pacino plays a head coach, and he's given a speech to his team. And and I I love the speech. I'm not going to play the whole. Th- I'm not going to play any of it because it's Al Pacino. There's going to be f bombs. Um, you know, there's going to be profanity, and I, I don't know somewhere in there. I I, I don't know that for a fact, but there's got to be. But he talks about fighting for an inch. Not even, not even fighting for a yard. It's about fighting for an inch. And the team that's willing to fight for an inch for the person next to them, that's the team that's going to win. That, that's super powerful because it, it speaks to the fact that I, I'm not telling us to lay out our plans for the next year. I'm telling us to be available to the Lord in the next five minutes. But he has this quote in the midst of his end of movie inspiring pep talk, he says this, either heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. Either we heal, we get healed up right now as a team or we're going to die as individuals. Church, in us being the church, we have to be aware that Many times we're going to walk into this place in need of healing. And we're supposed to heal as a team. When someone's hurting, when someone's broken, when someone's just despondent, when someone, their heart is hurting so bad they just want to die. The Bible, that's suffering. That's suffering. And the Bible says, for those who, in James, for those who are suffering, 
Let them pray. But I'll say this, for those that we know are suffering, man, we should be quick to pray with them. Prayer in church should be the most natural thing in the world. What should be more natural than prayer in church? Praying for one another. We've got to heal together. And it's not just heal together one and done. Because we've got enemies. Satan, this world, not people, but this world system of rebellion against God, and the flesh, those are our enemies. Jesus calls them our enemies. And sometimes we get beat up. Sometimes, sometimes we get the tar kicked out of us. Sometimes life happens and life happens hard. And we're supposed to heal up together. We're to be the church and it shouldn't just take place on Sunday morning. You know, I would love if every time there was a, a, a call to ministry that this place was flooded with people. But you know what? I'd love it even more if that ministry has taken place Tuesday morning and Wednesday afternoon and Thursday night at Lazy Dog Sports Cafe and whatever. We got to be the church. We got to be the church 24 7. There's no lone rangers in godly ministry and godly discipleship. We weren't ever supposed to do this on an island or be an island. We are called by God to do this together. The church doing it together. Even in that, guys, it's not a bunch of lone rangers doing their own things and us coming together on Sundays talking about how the Lord used us. It's got to be the lone ranger. And next to him is Tonto. And next to him is George Jetson. And next to him is Vince Lombardi. And I don't care, we can just mix genres. Because we're supposed to just, as unique as we are, and as diverse as we are, we need each other. We need diversity. We need difference. I wouldn't do it that way. But you know what? That way is pretty darn effective when she does it that way. So let's, let's team up together and, and be effective for the Lord together. There's something we say all the time. Um, we're, we're, we're very excited for, for Connor and Courtney. They're getting married in September, so we're doing premarital ministry once a week. And in addition to getting to see them once a week, which is awesome, we get to just pour into them. And, and we talked quite a bit this week about different, not better. Different, not better. See, Marie might do it this way and I would never think of doing it this way in a hundred years because see, she's a woman and I'm a man and she's a mother and I'm a father and, and it, the way she does it is entirely different and I would never do it that way. She does it different. Not better. I do it different. Not better. We're supposed to be unique. There's supposed to be diversity. We're not supposed to be a, a bunch of cookie cutters. We're supposed to do it in different ways. Touching people with his love. As long as we're doing that. I want us to think beyond the the two hours on Sunday morning and maybe and you know an hour midweek and maybe you know an hour at a Bible study and 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 that's awesome. But we are the church when you're in your home. When, when in our homes we're the church, with our neighbors we're the church, in the workplace we're the, we're the church, in the restaurants we're the church, in the pubs we're the church, on the soccer fields we're, we're the church, in the movie theater we're the church. We're we're the church. 
And for, uh, for Impact Rock, let me personalize this now, for Impact Rock to thrive, we have to, we have to live our lives this way. We have to live our lives this way. And for you individually to thrive, you've got to live your life this way because I'm telling you, it is powerful. It's powerful every time a follower of Jesus is willing to pray for another person. It's powerful. It brings God into the equation in a powerful way. God wants us to walk in greater awareness and dependency on Him in the everyday. Just the relational stuff that we engage in. Just the things we're already doing. But the difference is we're to do it intentionally. We're to give thought to it. We're to give heart to it. We're to give prayer to it. We're to do it intentionally. So you have your job. Keep going to your job. But but what I'm hoping to inspire within us today is to go to our job with intentionality that God wants to use us there. So we go home to our family or our spouse or our neighbors or or our cats or our dogs or whatever. And we just go there with intentionality because maybe God wants you to pick up that phone and shoot a text to somebody and say, right now at 2.07 p.m., I'm praying for you and I love you. This isn't additional. This is intentional. I'm not asking you to do anything additional. What I'm asking is for us to do things intentional. I've said it before. I'd love nothing more than for this town to know Impact Rock Church. That's the church where every person in their church will pray for you at the drop of a hat, no matter where you are. I'd love that. I love that, that when people in this town talk about the church says, if, if you're talking with someone from Impact Rock Church, you can hardly get a conversation in without in some way them talking about that they love you and that Jesus loves you. I mean, it's not bad, but just every time they're so darn consistent. Lord, let it be, Lord. Yes, Lord, let it be. So just take a moment right now because all, we are individuals. We are the church, but we are individuals. So just take a moment right now And think about your life. Think about your patterns. Think about your flows. Think about all the aspects of your life. What does the weekday look like? What does the weekend look like? What are the mornings, afternoons, evenings? What do they look like? Think about the activities where you're already with people. And now just honestly ask yourself, do I, do I have intentionality when I'm with those people right now? Do I? Is there intentionality to my day when I'm with those people? And I, and I guarantee that the Holy Spirit would reveal to every one of us that there's moments in the day where we're like, no, I'm, I'm just a big thoughtless mess where I'm just in the grind and I'm just doing the grind and I'm just trying to get through the day. And that's exactly what the Lord wants to change. That big thoughtless mess where that we are just in the grind and we're just going through the motions or we're just trying to get through the workday or we're just trying to hold on. 
Friends, when we're, when we're struggling with some things, that's not the moment to withdraw from serving others. That's the moment to be intentional about touching others because that feeds our soul. I don't want to do some big rah-rah pep talk, but I want to say this. You can do this. You can. You can do this. You can. When we do this, we win. When we do this, Jesus wins. When we do this, His name is made famous. When we do this, He is glorified. You can do this. Stretch yourself. You you can do more than you think. And I'm not saying more additional. I'm saying more intentional. Here's how we can do this intentionally. It's just a couple easy steps. Number one, take inventory. And that's kind of what I had us do. Just take a moment and think. Take inventory. And then ask the Lord how He wants us to be intentional in those different segments of our day. Number two, pray. Pray. Engage with God. Ask Him. Ask Him what He'd have you do and then ask Him for the strength to do it. Number three, reprioritize. The Holy Spirit will ask you to reprioritize a little. He's going to... I'm just going to... Don't tell him I said this, but the Holy Spirit's going to ask you to stop thinking so much about yourself. He's going to ask you to take your eyes off of self just a little little less so that you can be intentional about seeing other people's needs. Because when our eyes are on self, someone's glaring need could be right in front of us and what happens? So many times we don't see it. Number four, minutes with God. I didn't say hours with God. I didn't say an hour with God. I said minutes with God. Minutes with God will change your day. Minutes with God will change your life. Minutes with God will change someone else's life. Minutes with God. Open up the scripture and say, Lord, I cling to this. Lord, I'm I'm memorizing this. I'm going to remind myself of this. This passage, minutes with God will change your day. Minutes with God in prayer and worship and and scripture. And we all have phones and devices. Man, the scripture is readily available. It's never been more readily available. Minutes with God. Take minutes with God and watch your day change. And then share. Share with your spouse. Share with your best friend. Share share. This is what the Lord's This is what the Lord's speaking to me. This is I think this is what the Lord's asking me to do, and it scares the heck out of me. But I, I need to share it with you because I think in sharing with you, it kind of makes it real. I feel like God's stretching me and He's asking me to be available to Him. And then the last one is action. Without without action, there is no winning. Without action, there is no success. Without action, there is no victory. Love is an action. Love's not just something that they're supposed to just describe how we feel. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son 
that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Love is an action. Love is not meant to be contained. Love is meant to think of others. I want to read one last passage from Luke 17, 11 through 19. And it just... On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest who also kind of served this dual role of like, like priest and doctor. Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. So it wasn't one of these instant miracles. They got healed as they were obedient and started going to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, how many, how many lepers were there? Ten. There were ten. How many were there? There are ten. I'm so glad you guys are paying attention. There were ten. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. You see, all ten were healed. See, God was faithful in the lives of all ten. But only one turn and came to Jesus and received the blessing of relationship. Only one of those ten got relationship. The rest, they, they got a touch from the Lord, a life-changing touch from the Lord, and, and they walked away with, with a story, but not relationship. You guys, this whole message is about relationship. And in doing this, we're going to be in the minority. And thinking of others more importantly than yourself, you're going to be in the minority. Maybe you'll be so fortunate as to be one out of ten. But I think the odds are stacked against us. And declare in the name of Jesus Christ and, and point people to Jesus saying, I can't heal you and I'm sorry you're hurting, but I want to pray for you because I know Jesus can. And I know he will. And I'm going to be right here with you. I ain't going nowhere. Through the good, the bad, the ugly, I'm with you. And I'm just going to keep pointing you to Jesus. We're going to be in the minority. For too many Christians, being a part of the church is about being a part of a Sunday activity or coming to a Sunday event. And God's called us to touch lives on Thursday night and Friday afternoon and Saturday morning. Sometimes it's right there in our homes and sometimes... It's in the workplace and sometimes it's in the neighborhood and sometimes it's in the unexpected. If we can close our eyes for a second. I just want you to imagine for a second. I want you to imagine your relationships saturated with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the good news of a loving God who's not mad, but is mighty to save. 
Imagine your relationships saturated with that kind of love. Imagine your neighborhood saturated with the good news of Jesus and the kingdom of God growing in your neighborhood. Take a moment and imagine your work, your office, your job, your job sites. Whether there's such an anointing because you're willing to be used by the Lord, you're available to the Lord and your day is full of intentionality and you're not afraid to pray and you're not afraid to pause and to be present in someone's life. What we're imagining is 24-7 church and this is what we're called to.